Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host and resident ASW, Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you're here with me as we continue on our journey of living our best lives without the cape. I'm so excited today that we have our guest, Alicia Monique. Hello. Hello. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited and I look forward to you sharing your story of how you went from overwhelmed to overjoyed as a successful business owner. So I'm thank excited. you. Yes, thank you again. I'm so excited. So before we get started, I do have three things that I typically address. The first thing is just to let people know that I am not a licensed therapist. I'm solely here to encourage people because that's my gift and that's what I'm passionate about. The second thing is that I'm a Christian so while I don't force my beliefs on anybody, some of my examples and maybe some of your examples will be of Christianity. And the third one is I identify as a female, hence the podcast name, but this is also for males too, because we know that everybody goes through the times in their life where they feel overwhelmed. So that was it for that. Now that we've gotten that out the way, I want to get it back over to Alicia Monique. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was wonderful. I, I I like the fact that you state those out in the obvious so that everyone is who's listening in can say, okay, okay, I can buy with her. That's me. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So I want to go over your bio, if you don't mind. I don't and then I'll mind. let you add to it because I'm you've lived your life. I have not. So <laughs> whatever you need to add. So Alicia Monique is a master hairstylist, salon business coach, platform artist, educator, and author. She acquired her cosmetology license in 2001 and has garnered over 20 years of experience in the beauty industry with a wide array of experiences. Her gifts and skills have opened up the doors to allow her to work with artists such as Maya, Sean Paul, Gabby Douglas, to name a few, and Pitbull. Um, she's been a beauty school instructor for Beauty Schools of America, using her gifts with hair and beauty to teach others to do the same. She is also a published artist who's graced the pages of publications um, such as Modern Salon, Sophisticates Black Hair, and Hype Hair, where she actually worked with the editor-in-chief, Adrian Moore. She is also the founder of the Salon Business Blueprint Club, where she's once again dedicated her efforts to helping other people grow in the industry. She's grown a very successful career from the foundation up, and I cannot wait for all of us to hear what she has to say. So thank you and welcome again. I know I keep saying it, but I'm really excited if you can't tell. So Thank you so much. I'm listening to my own bio. I'm like, who's she? <laughs> I know, she's doing her thing, right? It sure is, yes. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So did you have anything that you wanted to add to your bio? Um, I actually don't think so. I just want to say she's a great person and she has done a lot. I love it. Um, I think that practically covers it. Um, besides that, I do teach at like a lot of the um, trade shows. Um, I teach classes there for salon business professionals. Um, I was a salon owner myself for um, eight years. Um, I closed my salon down because my husband is uh, was military, now retired military. So we moved around a lot um, and having a salon and being able to move is just something that I did not know how to juggle at the time. So 
Um, I was a successful salon owner. Um, it took me about six years to figure out how to make six figures. That was one of the goals that I had when I opened a salon. And once I figured it out, I was like, I got it. Like, this is it. Okay. I got to share this with every other salon owner that I know because it was a really, really hard journey. It was even harder than just getting into publications, getting into magazines, becoming an actual um, Amazon published author. Like, um, and a lot of things I did in my life, accomplished in my life, owning that salon business was the hardest thing ever. So I feel the need to share that with others on, on their journey and how to become su successful salon owners as well. Awesome. You said six years to six figures. I'm like, okay, tell me more. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was at least that was like the goal, like um, being a salon owner, owner um, when you open a business, you have a reason, like the reason, you know, why you wanted to own that business. And when I opened it up, uh, one of the reasons was to become six figures. Another reason was to offer a place for stylists to come to work, to grow and to move on. All of the stylists that ever worked for me, I've never wanted them to just be a part of my business for forever. I always wanted to instill values and to teach them and see them to go on and to prosper. And that's actually what all of them did. So I'm like, okay, I accomplished that. But the main thing is when you open a salon, you open a salon in order to make money. But if you don't put a dollar amount behind what you want to make, you're just making money. Like that's all you're doing. Like where is the end? Yeah. Um, to say, I did this. Okay, now I want to do this. Um, so that was my main goal. So uh, one of my stylists I actually uh, employed with me, she worked with me for quite some time. Her again, she was military also. Hmm. And when she moved away, she opened her own salon and she would call back and say, hey, I got this. What do you think of this? How do you do this? And how do you do that? And I'm like, I already showed you how to do that. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it was just literally like mentoring and just like reiterating, like, listen, you got this. Go to City Hall, get your paperwork together, go do this and go do this. Like, I sh you went on a journey with me when I had to do it. Like, what are you talking about? She was just so scared. I'm like, you got this. Like, that's why you call me to push you out there and to go ahead and do it. Long story short, she did it. She opened her salon. Um, she put it in like a plaza. My salon was in a plaza and I was like, so plazas is popping. That's where you got to be at. And she did exactly what I showed her, what I taught her along the journey of her being a stylist, the back end part of it. She wasn't so much interested in that back end part of it. She was more interested in growing a stylist, but I know she learned a lot by working with me. So when she got out there to do it on her own, it was like that fear factor but I'm like, you know what you're doing. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you got this. Yeah. And the minute she just started, you know, trusting herself and just running with the things that I showed her, she was a success. And I'm like, she got that reassurance. She needed that right. reassurance from you. Mental exactly. And I'm like, if I can do that with her, I can do that with other people. Like, exactly. I know the blueprint. <laughs> Mentorship is key. A lot of people have the drive. A lot of people have the desire but they don't know where to start. They don't have the confidence. So they don't have that security in being able to take that first step. So developing that blueprint is awesome. Right. It helps a lot of people get that confidence and feel like they have that support necessary to move forward. Right, I agree.
So we're going to start with a quick icebreaker question. Thank you for adding to the bio. Like I said, you lived your life, so you know better than I do. And I love to hear from the source always. So as a business owner, this is a would you rather question. As a successful and busy business owner, would you rather live one week without your cell phone or one week without the internet? Well, so that's a trick question. <laughs> you can't use the internet on your cell phone. Okay. So <laughs> if I can't use the internet on the cell phone, can I use the computer? Because if the I internet, have the computer, no. <laughs> um, I was going to say, hey, if I have a computer, you can take this phone. Like, by all <laughs> means, take it. I got the computer. I'll function. But I'm going to have to go with, I'll live without the phone. Okay. We all could use a break. And I think one will be a good break. Like to just put it down. Sometimes I actually think about that. Like if I could just put it down for one week, like that's a good break, a vacation, mm -hmm. a refresher, so that when you pick it up, you're renewed and you're, you're energized. So I'll give up the phone on that one. Okay. Okay. I have to agree. I think I would rather have the internet than the phone. But I don't know. My kids... They don't really let me get on the internet too much. I don't have a lot of time. So, yeah, but I would still have to go with the internet. I think I use the internet way more. So, right. Okay, awesome. Are you ready for our next question? I am. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, the next question is to tell us a little bit more about yourself, like your journey, what inspired you to get started, or who inspired you to get started. Um, how would you describe yourself as a person? Um, what do you think, what type of traits do you think help you to get that jump start? So just a little bit more about the personal side of Alicia Moni. Um, I would say for me, what, what started me on the coach in the, let's start with, what started me in the beauty industry? So yes. I'll start from the beginning. In order to jump into hair, it was something that, like, as a kid growing up, like, I had, like, the best baby dolls on the block. Like, well, all my friends would come over and want to play, and I'm like, no, you can't comb my baby doll hair. Like, you can't touch my doll's hair. Like, I was always the one who, like, my baby dolls have to look, you know, pretty, and they all, like, lined up on a bed. As a five-year-old, you got all your dolls lined up on a bed. They all dress nice, or some of them wasn't dressed. I really didn't care. I cared more about the hair and how did they look. Like, they could have on any type of clothes. They all had on each other's clothes. You know, we all did that, but they, their hair looked good. Mm -hmm. um, so it started out as a kid, just playing with dolls and playing with hair. From there, it, it journeyed on to doing all of my mom's friend's hair at like an early age. Like I was oh, wow. the roll queen. Like I could hide those pins and seal that <laughs> French roll up for Sunday morning going to church. Like nobody's business. Like. I was the go-to person and I taught my own self how to braid because my mom couldn't braid. And I will always say, if I have a daughter, my daughter hair would never look crazy. I'm going to make sure that my daughter hair always look good because my hair always look crazy. I'm like, mom, you can't comb hair. But I had long, I had long, when I say I had long hair as a kid, chemical free, my mom can grow hair. She couldn't style hair. And okay. I guess that's where I picked up that that creative part at into wanting things to look nice because my mom couldn't do it. I had long hair. I had ponytails that were going like they were never proportioned. The parts was never straight. They was always like one. You had two on the side. Mine was like this, like a little teeter totter. 
And I'm like, mom, it's too high. Bring it down. This one too low. And I was like, ah, and that like really drove me crazy. So um, that's how it, 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 I crafted wanting to do hair, not knowing that that's actually what I would do. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to school for hair until later on, until I met my husband, then boyfriend, who made me go to school. Because okay. um, I was doing the whole neighborhood. He's like, you're always doing somebody here. Won't you go to school? I'm like, why? I can make good money like this. Like, I don't need to go to school. And then I started researching, like, how much money do hairstylists make? How much does this cost? And how much does this cost? And I remember my mom taking me to the salon one time to get my hair done. Uh, remember the styles where you had the front cut like short, like a bang, and you mm-hmm. had the back like really, really long? Yeah. That was my first ever haircut. And when I was sitting in the salon, it was like this magical moment, like to see all the, the, the professional tools, the chairs, and the price list written on a wall. And I'm like, she charged how much for a French roll? <laughs> I'm charging $5 and she Ooh, charging how much? $5. I was like, I didn't know. I was a kid. Like well, your mom's kid. friends, they were only right. paying $5. Right. $5 French rolls. They would bring the little sponge rolls. I put the sponge rolls on top and they was, they was, they was laid for church. Like, and I'm like, she charged how much? And I'm charging $5. I was like, oh, they beating me. I could charge more than that, but I didn't have that paperwork. Mm-hmm. So I finally just was like, okay, I'm gonna go to school. Went to school, got the license. And because I had that paper, it's almost like you can go anywhere. It didn't matter what I did or, or what avenue. And I didn't even know there were avenues in the beauty industry. I thought you literally got your license. You stood behind a chair, you did hair until you just got tired and you stopped doing hair. I didn't know anything about you could actually work inside of magazines. You could work on film. You could teach at the beauty school. Um, you can do these different areas inside the beauty industry as well. And that's how I started dabbling in different things, competing in competitions at the trade shows. There actually is a trade show just for professionals. So I would go there and I'm like, how do they get on stage? Next thing you know, I was on stage. I'm like, how do they teach it in the classroom? Next thing you know, I'm teaching in the classroom. How do they teach at beauty school? Okay, now I'm teaching at beauty school. Who's this little fun writing in the magazine that says hairstylist box? <laughs> I'm in the magazine. It was literally like I always used to read those too. Right. <laughs> right. It was like, what is this? How'd they name get there? How can I get my name there? And then once I've completed all of that, I like I said, come into that salon ownership there's no name there. Like there's no fine print that says such and such taught me how to run a salon. So I'm in an area now where I did it and I've accomplished and I'm like, I can be that fine print to help the struggling salon owners get to where they want to be. There's no fine print for that. It just go out there, you fail, you make it or you fail. And that's either those are the only two options you have when it comes to salon ownership. And I just literally fell into coaching. Like, here you go. Teach everybody what you know. They take the tools. They implement it. They're wonderful now. All the problems are solved. I'm like, yeah. But I find so much joy in doing that. Like, I still work behind a chair and I still do hair. But at the end of the day, I like 
teaching salon owners how to run their, how to run their business, how to operate proficiently, how to become more profitable, how to scale the business, how to open up another salon. That's where the joy really comes at. Awesome. So you like helping people is what I hear. Ultimately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome because it sounds like you have that drive and you have the confidence to ask the right questions. So you have this inquisitive nature. Okay, how did they get there? And then you right. do the work that you need to do to get to that point. So that's awesome that you're able to ask the questions and have confidence to pursue that. So then you could then have someone ask that question when they saw you. Right, right. Like, how did you do that? Like, yeah. how did you get there? Awesome. So my biggest question is a hairstylist is busy. Right. I've never met a hairstylist that was not busy. A lot of times you have hairstylists that are overbooked. I have hairstylists where I've seen them barely eat. But I'm like, you need to go eat something. You know, like it is mm -hmm. a busy day from beginning to end, usually on your feet the entire day. Um, it's a lot of work. So how did you transition from taking this one business that's already busy into multiple businesses? Transition, I would say, is not even the word. Okay. Because- Get me together, you, I'm good. Right. Get me together. <laughs> if you want something bad enough, there really is no transition. It's just go do it. Okay. And you realize that you just maneuver from one to another. So it's not even because sometimes we think of we want to transition from standing behind a chair to being a mobile stylist. I've done that also, by the way. <laughs> I was a mobile stylist as well. So it's like, okay, I want to transition from standing behind a chair to being the mobile stylist. There was real, there was no real transition. It was I'm standing behind a chair, go to her house and do her hair. Okay. She tell her friend, you go to her house and do her hair. And then next you know, the people that are in your chair, you're at their house and you're like, okay, what happened? Okay. So it's almost like, it's not even a transition. You just say, okay, this is what I wanted to do. And you just start doing it. And next thing you know, it just, this is what you love so much that you realize that you don't even give a lot of attention to this portion over here anymore. Okay. And I tell a lot of stylists, like when you're working and just to, to pinpoint out the fact that you mentioned stylists don't eat. Most stylists don't eat is because we are working harder and not smarter. We want to do so many people within a day that it's almost like you don't have time to breathe. Like, where's your deep breath at before the next person rolls in or the next two people are coming in? Like that, that, that moment, it's almost like it doesn't exist anymore because we have to reevaluate the value we have um, for clients in ourselves. Where's that value at in yourself? In all honesty, I may work about eight hours when I go on a salon. I put in that 30 minute break, that bathroom break, that grab a bite to eat, like that has to be in the day. Or when it comes time to you to service, let's say your next round of clients, you can't think straight. Mistakes start to happen. 
you start to put the wrong color or the wrong chemical on the wrong client. You can't even remember what they came in for anymore. You don't remember like their personal life so you can conversate with them because your brain is scrambled because you've worked so many hours and now you're, you're, you're just going. It's like, you're just going, you're driving on adrenaline when your body doesn't have that energy, that food energy you need to run off of. So you just, you just, like an energizer bunny. And at the end of the day, it's like your child has graduated high school and you like, well, what happened to kindergarten? Did I miss that? Did I miss the eighth grade graduation? It's like time is moving so fast that we don't realize the value that we give to clients and to the, um, the value in saying no. Like, I believe wholeheartedly, if I can't do something, I'm going to tell you no. Like, if I can't service you, in the time that I allotted for my day, it's an absolute no. Like I have kids, I wanna go home, I have a family. I don't wanna work until my feet hurt, until my back hurt, until I have knee problems. Like I don't wanna work like that. And we don't realize, we don't, we don't say no, we continuously say yes. And then you reach the point of burnout where you like, I don't wanna do this no more. And then now you're really looking for a transition. You like, how do I transition from here to here? It's like you're scrambling when you know what your next level is. If you just slowly start to work that in, it won't even be a transition. You'll just seamlessly look back and be like, I used to work seven days a week. Now I only work two days a week. You don't even know where it happened that it just happened. So like for me, honestly, I work four days out of the week and three days out of the week, sometimes four out of the salon. You cannot get me to go in any other day. It's an absolute no. I don't care who's getting married. I don't care any of that. I am not going in. If you get getting married on a Tuesday, then I suggest you get your hair done on that Saturday and you got to make it last. Like, <laughs> because on Tuesday, I'm on a coaching call, right? You got to sleep pretty. On Tuesday, I'm on a coaching call and I'm helping a client on Mondays. I'm working with salons and helping them lay out the structure of their business. I'm doing the same thing on Wednesday. I'm back in a salon on Thursday. So it's a lot about creating that structure that you want in order to see a change happen. And you'll look back and be like, when did I transition from here to there? It was smooth. You didn't even notice it. Awesome. And that actually sounds like that's one thing that can fit into everybody's life. Cause I feel like right. in every arena you can experience burnout because you have a problem saying no, because you're trying to get in as much work as you can and work harder instead of smarter, like you said. So that is really awesome advice. Learn to say no. And I wonder if that's the answer to my next question, which was as a black businesswoman, we have this um, weight of being the superwoman. So right. how did you combat that? Was that part of the say no, the structure? Did that help you combat like having this um, expectation from society of being a superwoman and doing everything for everybody else? That's a never ending struggle, I would say. Or never, I, would, I wouldn't even say a struggle. I would say a never ending dilemma because okay. you can have a good day where you're like, nope, 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 I got I got stuff to do. I got a list. I got things to accomplish. No, no. And you'll have a day where you're like, okay, all right. And then next, you know, you're getting tugged in many different places. It's like 
you're doing four things at one time. You're burning the food in the kitchen while you're trying to clean the bathroom because you're on a phone call. You're making doctor's appointments. You're at the grocery store. You left the pot on. You're trying to jump on a coaching call in the car. It's like that day you're actually superwoman when the day prior you were just saying no to everything. So to me, it's sort of, it's not even, it's trying to, uh, I don't even really know the right words to use, but it's more so that it's okay to be a superwoman. I'm going to say that. Okay. Because some days we are, and some days we just can't say no. But if you realize that you have more days where you're trying to be a superwoman, then you have to start u- utilizing the word no. Even if that means telling your, your family no to something that you know you cannot put on your plate right now. Like, you absolutely cannot do that. Like, you cannot be the jack of all trades. You cannot run around everywhere. Like, you yourself is going to get exhausted. And if you lay down at the end of the day and be like, whew, child, what a day. <laughs> then that means the next day you got to start putting out some nose somewhere so that you don't continuously feel like that at the end of every single day. It's okay to accomplish stuff and it's okay to be a superwoman, but sometimes you just have to realize like, wow, I'm I'm doing a little too much right now. Like you have to do a self-evaluation and see what's going on within you and why you feel this way. And it could be because it could be the fact that you haven't said no in a very long time. So yes, sometimes I'm a superwoman. I'm admit it. I'll do a million things. Like on Mondays, that's my day of checkoff list. Cause I'm like, that starts the week. I have a whole list of things I got, I want to accomplish. And everything is a no on a Monday. On Tuesday, I'm probably the superwoman on Tuesday. So, (laughs) but I try and find that balance, you know, that's there and it's hard to find it. It exists. You just have to do a self-check every now and then and and get yourself in alignment. That is so true. Yes, there's definitely a balance. I know I'm a self-acclaimed antithesis of superwoman because I used to try to live up to these. I feel like I'm surrounded by superwomen and I used to try to live up to what they were doing and I was failing and I was like, okay, I can't do this no more. (laughs) right now I'm beating myself up for not being at their level of superwomanhood when I am still doing a lot it just isn't to the level that I see them doing it and I was like and then I also had to remember I'm putting that moniker on them they're not saying they're superwomen that's what I'm putting on them and I don't know what's going on in their life you know completely I'm just going off of what I see and how busy they are and how they're doing everything so flawlessly. So I really had to do that self-evaluation and learn what my balance was because my balance is not on the same level as their balance. So that's extremely important. Yes, that's, that's one thing we definitely do as women. We look at other women and say, oh my God, like how come I'm not on their level? But what is their level? And it's, and once again, exactly. key word being their level. Like, that's not your level. Exactly. Like, you are at the level that you can possibly sustain right now while you're getting to the next level. But like you said, we don't know what's going on behind their closed doors. They could be stressed out because they haven't told anyone no in a while. And here we are like, listen, I need to self-evaluate and use the word no today because I feel a little stressed out. Exactly. Like they could be going through the same thing. 
Exactly. So that leads me to you answering all my questions. <laughs> so, because I was going to ask, how do you maintain that work life balance? You do a lot. You're still styling, you're coaching, you have the blueprint program, you're, you know, you're, you're in everything, it seems like, in your industry. So, how do you balance that with your personal life? A schedule. Okay. I must say. It's a schedule. Literally, I have days where I have to do, cer- I must do certain things on certain days. Okay. And then I have days where I'm flexible. And wherever I'm flexible at, that's where the family comes in. That's where the personal thing come in. Unless ahead of time, we want to plan like a, a, a weekend trip. And I'm like, okay, y'all got to at least give me a two weeks notice. We're going to do a pop-up trip trip a pop-up trip somewhere i need at least two weeks notice to, to maneuver some things around and i can make it happen um so that's one of the positive sides of being in the beauty industry is that you have a flexible schedule like your schedule is not concrete you may see it as concrete other stylists see it as oh i cannot move her appointment but have you called her and asked her like Clients do it all the time where they have to get they they have to get their hair done on this day, but they could be flexible to another day. They like, okay, well, instead of that Saturday, you know, can you accommodate me on on a Tuesday or can you do me on a Thursday before? If we don't physically call and see how flexible they are, we're still holding ourselves like, no, I can't do this. I can't, I can't move stuff. Like you're you're putting yourself in that box. Whereas if you just make a simple phone call and say, I use Miss Mary. Hey, Miss Mary, I cannot accommodate you on a Saturday because me and my family decided last minute that we want to take a quick vacation, a quick trip out of town, a quick staycation somewhere. Instead of Saturday, can I do you on Thursday? If she say yes, then you call everybody else and figure that out. If she says no, she has an event or whatever, what if you do her early in that morning? Or what if you stay later on Friday to accommodate her so that she don't have to get up on that Saturday and you could take the whole weekend off? So it's all about, for me, it's a schedule. Like I have an appointment book that I use that I write things down, salon-wise, coaching-wise, personal-wise. I write everything in one book. So I know specifically what I have to get done and when I have to get it done by, like, I need a deadline. Like, you got to tell me when this needs to be done by. You can't just tell me it needs to be done because it's going to sit there for forever. Like, it has no deadline. It's like return emails. I'm like, well, what does that mean? And it's literally like return Tuesdays and Thursdays emails on Wednesday or something like that. So I'm like, okay, I'll scroll back to Tuesdays and Thursday emails and I'll return those. Otherwise, I'm like, what is a return of email? Okay, I'll do that later. Let me do something else. <laughs> awesome. So is that, are those some ways that you relax? You go out, do some like quick family trips? Or what are some ways that you find time for you and find time to relax? For me, we do like to take, we take pop-up family trips. We might decide, and it might, it's not even really, I want to explain this. So sometimes a trip, does not mean where you have to get airfare, you got to pay hotel accommodations. Sometimes we think we taking a trip is like taking a vacation out of the state, 
taking a trip could be literally in your state where you may spend the all day like at the beach or at a theme park or something like that. It's a day where it's just you and your family doing something. And we do a lot of things like that where we like, okay, who has to work today? Okay, I'm typically, I'm the only one if it's a pop-up type situation. And I'm like, well, y'all know it's me. <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, we were thinking about, we want to go here. I'm like, okay, when are we leaving and when are we coming back? What we do while we're gone, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't care what we do. Just tell me where we're going, when we're leaving and where we're coming back. And I'm like, okay, let me rearrange my schedule. Let me adjust some things. Okay. I get off on Friday, let's say at seven o'clock. We could leave Friday night. If it's a day, like fan pop up day trips, we'll may go visit an amusement park. Um, you froze a little bit, so I lost some of it. Okay. And so the last thing I heard you say was it doesn't matter what you do uh, when you're gone, as long as you know when you're leaving and when you're coming back. Exactly. So it doesn't matter me personally when when we're going to, I mean, what we're going to go do while we're gone, as long as I know what we're going to go do and when we're coming back. And I'll just rearrange my schedule to accommodate that. So taking family trips, um, I'm a plant mom. So I'll go to the store and I'll just look around the plant section. I'm like, oh, I want a new plant. Who else can I, what other type of plant that I don't have, who I want to take care of? And I'll spend some time repotting and plants and watering and you know, things like that. I'll spend time just meditating and listening to meditation music. Um, I'm a huge fan of crystals, so I may go and look around the crystal shop. Um, I'll listen to audiobooks. I'll actually read some books. I have a really hard time. I'm going to put this out there for everyone else that struggle like me of actually reading a physical book. It will take me forever. I'm sorry. But I will read a whole hour. I have like three books I've been reading this entire year. My plan is to finish them this year. Like, I'm being honest. So, but I enjoy, you know, going in on a couple pages every now and then. Otherwise, I'll get an audio book. I'll listen through the audio book faster than I will actually read the book. But sometimes I just like to hold a physical book. So some, those are some of the things that I do for me or as a family. So you have to find just a space, whether it's 10 minutes a day for yourself, like, I consider like, it's like putting yourself on timeout. Like, did you get your timeout for 10 minutes today? If not, I need you to go do that real fast. And okay. even if that means just sitting there being quiet, so don't say brings, nothing to nobody. That brings up a good point. You do this daily. It's something you do. Make sure you do daily. I try and do it every single day. I go 10 minutes somewhere. I, it could be anywhere in your house. Like I'll walk to the mailbox and come back. The mailbox is not that far. I'll make it a 10 minute walk. <laughs> just go on a porch, catch the breeze real fast. Just pick up the book and I'll read whatever I can read. This is why it takes me so long to read a book. Whatever I can read in the 10 minutes, you know, I got 10 minutes, literally. How many pages can I cover in the 10 minutes without my brain wandering onto something else that I have to do? But I'm like, okay, I just wandered this entire page. So let me recap at least the last paragraph and then I'll put this book down. So every single day, just finding that 10 minutes. It's not a lot, it's there. It could be what you do first thing in the morning. It could be what you do last thing in the evening. Whenever you find that space that you could grab it, just get it for 10 minutes. You could set a timer and be like, all right, when it's time to go off, I'm done. Cause 
my entrepreneur brain is running that superwoman mom is coming out and yeah 10 minutes is all i got so <laughs> that is awesome advice though because i think a lot of us feel like we have to do something big so we'll save up time or we'll save up work time so then we could take a week or two weeks off and you're just saying just use 10 minutes 10 minutes a day can make a difference so mm -hmm. that is awesome advice i need to try that myself because i do not do that so Thank you very much. So my next question was, how do you, how did you find the courage and the confidence to scale your business? I know you said you just kind of started doing it and then you didn't even realize, um, you know, how the transition, but not using the word transition happened. Um, how did you, that still takes confidence though, that still takes trust, that still takes a level of faith. How did you scale your business? How did you, what was the courage that went behind you scaling your business? Does that make sense? Uh, well, it makes sense. In actuality, I'm still sort of scaling. I just look at it as, okay, what is it that I have to offer somebody? How grand is it or not? And if I'm looking at it like, okay, I'm trying to help this one person get to here what if i can push more people what if i can help more people what does this look like um because as a coach you're always trying to help more people or you're trying to grow more businesses everything is always the more the word more 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 but what does that look like so when it comes to scaling your salon business it's always what more can you do what else can you do so I look at it as, okay, you're one individual. I am one individual. How can we make this grander? How can we make this little tiny thing we have over here bigger than what it, it, what it is? For me, it started out literally working with people one at a time. I'm like, it's one of me. I can only work with like two people at a time and that's all I got. The next journey was like, okay, so what if I have like digital programs or digital classes where um people could buy into that and i can help tens of thousands of people over here and i can still personally help these two people over here okay that's another element that i could add on okay i got two people i got tens of thousand people but what if i have more people who want more of my time how can i make this and make it even bigger than what it is i started the membership club and inside of the membership is where i can still physically work one-on-one -on -one with a lot with a group of people as opposed to one person and i could offer the group of people a group session where i can still be able to solve their problems and they get access to classes and courses so it's like i take this little seed over here and how can i grow it and grow it and grow it and grow it and the same um goes to when i'm helping salons how can i take um i literally work with a salon owner she had a very small salon she didn't even have any sinks in her salon she started out so small and when i first started with her, i was like girl we got to get you out of here that's literally what i said to her and she said i would love that i said don't worry about it when we done working together you will be out of this space when is your lease when is your lease up um funny i started working with her literally four months before her lease is up i said okay don't worry about it we got this you're gonna be out of there within that four months and we literally, I literally took every part of her business and we started breaking it down and rebuilding it back up. 
so that she can she can have a nice foundation and have that structure she need to take it each level that she was willing to go up and was ready to go up and was confident to get to. So we started literally at the base, structure, contracts, pricing list. I started with all of that, literally with one person. But I also do that on a larger scale with um, my membership people. So I can take everybody and have them all be able to revamp their contracts, revamp their pricing schedule, um, re rearrange furniture in the salon. I remember with her, we started moving furniture around. I'm like, nope, get rid of that. Throw that out. You don't need that. Like, it's too small. You got too much stuff. Get rid of that. And I then we uh, two months in, we started, I started telling her to go look for some spaces. Go look for some spaces. How to act? I showed her how to get price quotes. You know how to ask for certain things. How to get her offer together. And don't say yes to anything unless you let me know. I literally had to tell. I was like, don't agree to nothing. Don't say yes. Don't even and don't even look like you're gonna say yes until you let me know first. And as she would bring it back, I would like, nope. This is what you say. Tell them thank you. I appreciate your time. I'm gonna have to pass. She passed on about four salon offers before she found her salon home. And when I tell you she was so excited, the minimum amount of work that she had, the space was bigger than what she had. She also wanted a boutique. So the space allowed her to have a boutique separate from the salon. It allowed her to expand her services. It even allowed her to have like, to be able to rent out suites in an open space salon. Oh, wow. So when she accepted that and when she, finally opened our doors. It was literally like, I was like, there you go. I was like, you've arrived. That's it. And for her now to be able to take that foundation and to scale and to grow, to watch her do it. I'm like, I'm like the proud mama. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm the proud auntie that helped you. Yes. Like I still root for her to today. Um, I see her do things. She's still implementing the tools that I gave her. The, the, the promotions that I help her with implement, she's expanded her retail. I also help with product development. So for me in scaling is just how can I help more people because it's only one of me. What else, what program do I have that I can make grander to help more people? And that's how I look at scaling. That is awesome. That this thread, this is common theme that's in your answer is about helping people and just helping others. And I love that how helping others has in turn blessed you to be able to be a benefit to you. I always believe in mutual blessings. So I love the fact that you helping others and your desire to help others and your heart to help others has indeed come back and helped you and helped you scale. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. So. I know you just said that you, you're still scaling. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you in a, a few minutes what your goals are. But for now, I want to know that for the level of success that you've reached now, was it like you imagined it to be? I would say no. Okay. Because the level of success that you always imagine, it's not the same when you arrive. It could be more or it could be less because the level that you always see yourself on, it's always grander when you get there. So we imagine ourselves standing on like this tall, you know, hundred floor building, the whole panoramic view. (laughs) And by the time you get there, 
it's another building that's 200 floors higher. You like, but wait a minute, I got to get over there. <laughs> so when you arrive, sometimes it's almost like you're ready, you're getting ready to arrive at the next and the next and the next that you don't realize the fact that you've arrived somewhere. It's just a little bit, it's a pl- another place now that's grander that you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So the level that I'm on right now, I don't know what this level is, but this is a level of success because right now I'm imagining the next level. Like, how can I, okay, I'm here. I made it. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. Next. And it's, it's almost like when you get there, you're like, okay, this is wonderful. This is it. Okay. Next. And it, every moment when you get there, you celebrate, but you plan in the next and the next and the next and the next. That's awesome. And it's very true. But I do think what I think is important about what you said is that you do have to celebrate where you are because that has, that is a level of accomplishment. That is a level of success. Even if your eyes are still on the next, you still need to celebrate where you are right now. Exactly. That's that's absolutely important. So thank you for sharing that. Um, My next question is, how has the industry been impacted by COVID-19? How have you guys been able to maneuver um, around what's been very restricting for the industry? I would say, well, far as how most, for me, working in the salon, it has been, besides wearing the mask, is the hard part for me. Okay. All the new sanitation rules that they want us to do, I personally believe those were rules that we were already practicing as hairstylists. Like the cleanliness, all of that stuff, it was already something that we were already practicing. You just had to take it just one more step. Um, it, it has definitely impacted us greatly. So for those salons that the stations probably were not arranged six feet apart. They may have to move some furniture around or build some dividers or things like that so that the whole salons um, are actually functioning. Um, our salon that we worked in, we actually had to like reposition a couple stations so that the stylists are able to, all the stylists are able to work and we still keep that social distancing. Um, we've also incorporated um, an extra 10 minutes at the end of extra of every appointment to allow for extra sanitation of completely everything, um, not just like sanitizing your tools. Of course, you know, we don't use reuse the same capes on everyone. It's always a clean towel, but literally every single tool that you touch that you use to service this guest now has to be completely clean before you bring over the next guest along with the chair. Um, So that was definitely something new to me because um, if I use a brush, I will literally brush it out, clean it real fast, and I'm off to the next. Well, now I have to 100% sterilize it before I can use it. So that's like taking the cleaning level one more level. That cleaning of the chair, I'm literally, I had to figure out the perfect time to clean the chair so that it's dry by the time I get the next person. That was something I really had to figure out because I'm like, I'm standing there looking at it like, well, I can't call over because the seat is wet. So she can't sit in the seat yet. So I realized I had to tell my clients like, okay, I'm ready for you. But as soon as you see the seat dry, you can go ahead on and sit in it. Meanwhile, 
I'm going to go grab a couple bites or I'm going to run to the restroom. So I've been using that time as like a break. Okay. To, you know, to go and grab a drink or, you know, grab a bite or run to the restroom because I'm like, the chair is wet. So technically she can't sit in it. So yeah. there's no sense in me standing here for three minutes. <laughs> um, so being affected by COVID just allowed like more cleaning more deep cleaning, I would say. I wouldn't even say more cleaning. I would say deep cleaning to happen in between servicing clients because you clean anyway. Like I am a huge fan of having everything neat and organized before I get to the next person. Like I don't want the next person to come into whatever the last service just was because that's not necessarily the service that they are receiving. When they sit down, they should sit down each and every time as if they are the first person sitting at your station, sitting in the chair. They shouldn't see whatever mess that you had before that last person. So I've always been putting things away and making sure I'm ready to service that next person. It's just the the cleaning steps, like cleaning out that chair that I just had to completely get used to and figure out, okay, how long does this chair take to dry? But um, I would say it definitely has affected a lot of salons because um, most salons aren't able to service as many clients at nine o'clock as they used to before. You just can't have five people waiting on you anymore. You have to literally work smarter now. There's no more working hard. So it's forcing us to work smarter right now because you just can't have that many people in your salon or in your suite right now. So if it's not where you could sit a person way over there and you have one in your chair, that's all you can handle right now. So we have to figure out, we were forced to figure out how to work a little bit smarter right now. And I think this is really going to benefit us because now going forward, you're not going to want to have this many people show up at one single time anymore. It's just not doable. So it's forcing us to work smart. Well, that's good. I'm glad that it has allowed you guys to pivot to be able to still function. Because I know for a while it was, I have been hearing at least here, because they weren't even allowing the salon, some of the salons to open. Um, they were allowing mm-hmm. the beauty supply stores to open, but not the salons. So it was um, a big thing until they finally started allowing salons to open with the additional restrictions. But it's good that it is forcing, I think, a lot of us to pivot our lives in a way that hopefully is positive moving forward. So awesome. And so we were talking about scaling. So I want to bring it back to the scaling. You said you're still scaling. So what is next for you? What is next on your goal list, on your dream list? Um, Next for me is, well, I have the coaching. I have the mentorship uh, programs that I do. Next for me, honestly, on my list is to open another salon and to have a hair product line. That is next, next on the list. Nice. Are you going to, so I'm already interested about the hair product line. Is this this going to be for all textures? Is it going to be some natural? based products or tell me more um well for right now i'm going to say it's going to be for all textures because i haven't narrowed it down to what market i want to target first 
Um, so whenever you're developing a product line, this is for everyone out there that's listening, that's thinking about developing a product line. Um, first, you have to keep in mind who is your product is for and who are you going to target? I haven't narrowed that down yet. I know the types of products that I want to have. I just haven't narrowed down my market yet. So I'm still doing a little research on where I want to go and how I want to come out with the line and the ingredients that I want to use and who I want to cater to. But the first steps in developing the line is deciding exactly who needs this product. That part, I haven't decided yet. So I'm going to say for all hair types. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, I'll be ready and waiting. I can use, like, I have just a couple of tricks on my sleeve for stuff, and then that's it. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, I can use any help. I'm open to all of it. So, Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I have one closeout question, and then we're going to get into our closing segment. Okay. Okay. So, how can people find you? We know that you have the blueprint. We know that you have the membership club. So kind of give us just um, briefly what you have going on right now, how people can find you and how people can um, purchase your products, purchase your membership, all that great stuff. You can find me at on my website at aliciamonique.com. Once you go there, um, you can grab a 20-minute breakthrough session where we get on the phone and we see what issues you're dealing with and how I'm able to help you. If you know specifically that you have a challenge, you can always go to aliciamonique.com and click on the salon courses. And then you'll be able to pick a particular course that you need. If you know I have a trouble with finding a clientele, you can go to aliciamonique.com. You can grab a class specifically on finding your clientele. You can also pick up the free resources that I have to and become a part of my mailing list where I share more uh, insight on how to build your salon business there. Um, my books are also listed on my website also um, at aliciamonique.com. Um, there's a link for um, you to join the Salon Business Blueprint Club there also. So I guess the place you're going to would be aliciamonique.com. Um, from there, also, you can find me on through my Facebook link, through my Instagram. Instagram is Alicia Monique underscore educator. Facebook is Alicia Monique salon stylist coach. But once again, if you just go to my website at aliciamonique.com, you'll be able to get everywhere um, and to get all the resources that you need to grow your salon business. Awesome. Thank you. And I will definitely put your website in the show notes and in the description. So everyone will be able to go um, straight from this, straight to your website. Do you mind in a couple minutes while we do our closing segment? Not a problem. Awesome. Thank you. So I want to move on to our closing segments. We have our um, weekly encouragement challenge. We have our beacon of encouragement and our encouragement quote. So I want to start off with the encouragement challenge. And I'm going to ask you, Alicia Monique, for your help. Would you share one thing that you do to encourage yourself in difficult situations? One thing I do to encourage myself is to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? Sometimes I have to remember my why and that becomes my encouragement. Awesome. So that is going to be our weekly encouragement. 
people and remember your why. Why are you doing this? Let that be the drive to help energize you to move forward, to push forward, to keep you going to the next level. Awesome. Thank you. That was good. I like that. Remember your why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this week, speaking of encouragement, is none other than Miss Alicia Monique. So yay. <laughs> yay. you have done so much. You have inspired so many. And I just really love your theme of having a helper's heart. That really means a lot to me. And I do believe when you truly have a heart for people, you are benefited from that. You are blessed from that. So I thank you. You are our beacon of encouragement. Continue to have that helper's heart that helps so many people. And I look forward to seeing you on that next level, the additional 200 levels up, um, looking down with your panoramic view. Thank you. And our encouragement quote is, a woman who lives with the stress of an overwhelmed schedule will often ache with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. And that's by Lisa Turkus. And that really spoke to me because I think it's true. The more you focus on your schedule versus your why, it really does affect you personally, physically, emotionally. So let's remember to not so much focus on our schedule, but focus on our why and focus on making sure that our, um, our mental, emotional, and physical health are all in place. So with that, I want to thank you all for joining me on this episode, this very special episode. Alicia Monique, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining me. You dropped so many bombs of wisdom in this. I'm not even going to say nuggets because these things were huge. So thank you so much for your wisdom. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you just being out here and helping others. That really means a lot to me. And I want to thank my listeners and my watchers. Thank you so much for joining us here. If you enjoy spending time, please click subscribe, rate, and review. Um, if you have any encouragement topics, please feel free to share them with me at antithesissw at gmail.com. Now you can also hit me up on Instagram at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman and at Twitter at antithesis s. So thank you guys so much. I can't wait to see you here next week for another amazing episode. And until then, no cape, no cap. Goodbye.